um, today's Bible reading is going to be from Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 5 to 17. So the birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then, the, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord." He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Well, friends, welcome to Advent. I'm really excited because I really love Christmas. It's one of my favourite seasons of the year. It's a time where we begin to get ready for Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it feels like Christmas sort of started in September because that was the first Christmas tree I saw in the shops. And a little bit of me was like, yes, Christmas. I'm there, Uh, but actually it was probably a little bit too soon. I was like, you know, September, it hasn't been my birthday yet, so it can't really be Christmas yet. Uh, But I wonder, um, actually, Advent starts now, so now we can fully embrace the Christmasiness of life. Um, So as we begin uh, this Christmas season, It sort of starts now, doesn't it? We've got the time, now is the time to begin not just decorating our houses and starting to buy presents, uh, but also mentally preparing for the busyness of the season ahead, uh, but also getting ready uh, to celebrate once again the birth of Jesus and also uh, looking forward ahead. Uh, You know, one day Christ will return and that's what we also look forward to. Uh, So Advent is a great season and we're going to spend the next uh, four weeks uh, in this season of Advent. So it's a great time to prepare uh, as we we lead up to it. And I like to think of it a bit like, uh, so I really like birthdays as well. So there's birthday your day and then there's birthday month and you sort of get to celebrate for a little while. So I really love um, this season of Advent. So uh, we're going to spend this time uh, celebrating this, this season 
of the birth of Christ together. Well, as we um, prepare for this time, uh, why why don't I take a moment to pray for us? Father God, we thank you uh, for this season of Advent, uh, for the joy that it is to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so as we uh, spend time reading your word uh, and thinking about what it means to us, uh, Lord God, we pray that you will uh, speak to us through your spirit. Uh, We thank you for the birth of Christ. Thank you for what it means for us in the world today. And we pray that we will be continuing to grow grow in our knowledge and love of Jesus together and we thank you for this time uh, to think about that now and we pray this in Jesus name amen well today we read the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and I think they have a story that really encourages us that sometimes we have to wait on the Lord and sometimes that uh, part of the process of getting ready for Jesus is actually really slow. And sometimes on the path of discipleship, uh, it can be not always easy. Sometimes it's a long, slow journey. Well, this couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, have a long history of waiting. Zechariah was a priest, and he wasn't just starting out, he is actually a veteran priest. He knew what he was doing, and he spent his entire career doing this, getting up every day, serving in the temple as part of the division of priests, all following the, following the call to help the community follow God. Now, Elizabeth also was part of a long family line of people who followed God. Uh, her family descended right back to Aaron, and so so many generations who faithfully put their trust in the Lord. And Elizabeth didn't just follow the family history, she personally had a faith in God, as did Zechariah. So they're described as righteous in the sight of God, blamelessly observing all the commands and decrees. So they personally trusted the Lord. And I love this picture of godliness that we see in this couple. Here's a couple who've faithfully been following God, not just for a little while, but for the long haul the long, narrow path of discipleship. There's nothing overly dramatic about their story, nothing special, and until we get to their story today, they've just been going every day following the Lord. I think if you're looking for a model of discipleship, it's these guys. They're ready to obey God's call wherever he calls them to. Now, it's good, it, it all might sound nice and well. Good job, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they had their faith worked out, but sometimes it can be a bit tempting to look onto someone else's situation and go, cool, you guys have got it sorted, isn't that nice and well for you? I've definitely done that before. I'm like, oh, if only my life looked more like that. It looks all fine and well on the outside, doesn't it? But just like everyone, people's lives are complicated and Zechariah and Elizabeth are no different. They're getting older and we don't actually know how old they are, but they haven't had any children and there's great grief and shame for them that this hasn't happened. Whilst outwardly they go about their day-to-day lives, inwardly they carry this burden 
We read in verse 13 that they've been crying out to God in prayer. They long for this child. It's a child to carry on the family name, to continue this faith in the uh, succeeding generations. And in those days, having a child uh, wasn't just about the joy of having children, although that's a wonderful thing. It's also about having uh, an heir for your family, about someone to look after you in your old age. There were really practical reasons for having children. There was also great shame involved in not having children. Uh, Most often that shame was for the women, and as we see in verse 7, blame is attributed to them. It could be a really harsh world to live in, and this is no different than Zechariah and Elizabeth. And so when we read their story, we see this amazing contrast between their faithfulness and righteousness in the eyes of the Lord. They follow him, and yet life is not all rainbows and unicorns, is it? They really struggle. It's really hard. They are weighed down by the very real difficulties in their life. How do they cope with these moments of pain? What does godliness look like amidst these struggles? Is it worth continuing on the long, hard road of discipleship in these moments? Well, I think what we see is that it is. They really do wait on the Lord. They cry out to him, even in these hard, difficult moments. I think Zechariah and Elizabeth point us to prayer. They point us to this model of walking the long, difficult road, walking alongside Christ. They don't deny their pain. They don't pretend it's not real. And on the contrary, actually, amazing things happen for them. God does answer their prayer in not at all the way that they think he will. And so uh, we see this amazing story that we read today in our gospel reading, that the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and gives him the news that he just least expects. In fact, Zechariah's response is not uh, that he will get an answer that he expects at this point. His first response is shock and disbelief. It's an answer of uh, not believing that they will finally get the answer that they're waiting for. He says this, when Gabriel gives him the news that they will finally have a child, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years, he says. These, I think, are the words of a man who's probably prayed this prayer hundreds of times and maybe has given up. Maybe the grief has settled in like a stone in his heart. Maybe it just won't budge. But Zechariah has great faith, but he's also human. He has emotions. The long-term pain of grief is real for him. It doesn't make him less godly, I don't think, but I think it acknowledges the fallenness of creation. It acknowledges that we're real, we're people. Things don't happen the way we'd like them to. 
I think the wonder of this story is that God is real. God hears our prayers. He doesn't often answer them the way we expect. He doesn't often answer them in the timing that we expect either. But he always gives an answer. The wonder of this story is that God has a redeeming plan for the world and we get to be part of that. Zechariah and Elizabeth were faithful disciples that God chose to use. Now I'm fairly certain that if they had their own way, their plan probably wouldn't have involved being parents at an old age for the first time. But God knew better. God chose to use them to be the parents of John the Baptist. John, who's a cousin of Jesus. John, whose birth was prophesied about in the Old Testament. John, who got to grow up and prepare the way for Jesus. How amazing is that? Do, do you think that they had a concept that that's what they would get to be in life? What joy for them that that's how God chose to use them. This is what Gabriel says to John, says about John, sorry. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How astounding are those words that that's this man that grew up, that's how Zechariah and Elizabeth were used as parents. John grew up and did amazing things. He helped so many people find Jesus. And God's redeeming plan doesn't stop with John. John's cousin Jesus, the Messiah, was born only a few months after John. He was also prophesied about. You might have heard these words from Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. The reason we can turn to God in whatever season we find ourselves in is because Jesus came to earth first as a baby. But that baby grew up not just a point to someone else or something greater than himself like John did. Jesus is God. He was able to take all the grief, the pain, the sorrow, the loss, the sin. He took it for us to the cross. He traded our punishment for peace. That's why celebrating Christmas matters. That's why I get excited about Advent. These things matter. They're the best news. If Jesus didn't come, then we're still weighed down with the pain and the sin and the sorrow and the illness and the sadness. And I think maybe this is why we spend time preparing in Advent. Maybe this is something you're considering for the first time. If it is, the season of Advent is a great time to stop and consider Jesus. 
This is a man who claims to have changed the world. It's a great question to ask. Is this man worth following? He makes some pretty bold claims and it's worth taking time to consider. If that's you, if you wanna ponder this, uh, maybe take the time to ask someone after church. Is this someone you wanna spend time thinking about this Christmas? One of the things I like about the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth is their faithfulness to continue following God every day, even on the hard days. Sometimes following Jesus on the narrow road of discipleship is exciting. Sometimes there's the great days. Sometimes an angel shows up. But oftentimes it's filled with mud and potholes. And sometimes it's fairly unremarkable. It's just the day to day. And Elizabeth and Zechariah teach us that to keep following Jesus in whatever, uh, whatever day, whatever season we find ourselves in, uh, the hard times, those times that we are waiting on the Lord for an answer. Maybe it's the exciting days. Those are the days that are worth telling everyone about because they're amazing. And there's the everyday days and they're worth telling people about as well. Now, I like to think of the, the road to discipleship. The analogy I'm gonna go with is it's a bit like dinner. Now we all eat dinner. I've eaten a lot of dinner in my life. Um, and I am very grateful for the fact that I have eaten a lot of dinner. Let's put this out here. Because I live in Australia, I eat dinner every day. But usually, I eat a fairly standard dinner. Think spaghetti or curry or, you know, standard dinner, okay? It's nothing to write home about. It's just standard. But it's good, isn't it? I'm happy with my spaghetti and I'm happy with my curry because it's nutritious and it fills me up and I can't remember all the spaghetti and curry that I've eaten, but gosh, I'm grateful for it and I'm happy and it's nutritious and I'm healthy. We're happy for that, aren't we? Yes, Karen, we're happy for our spaghetti and curry. Thank you. However, let me tell you about a time where there was no spaghetti and curry. It was over the two years where I was finishing my master's degree a few years back at Ridley, because you know what I couldn't afford? Spaghetti and curry. You know what I ate instead? Two-minute noodles and tinned baked beans. There was a lot of two-minute noodles and tinned baked beans in my life. And it was not nutritious. And I do remember it because it was gross. And... Sometimes I overcooked it and it burnt and I still had to eat it because there was no other food in the house. They were hard times. I am not joking about this. I do not want to go back to the two-minute noodle and tinned baked beans times, but I had no other choice because I didn't have any money. That's one end of the dinner spectrum, the two-minute noodle end. They're not good times. I'm fairly sure on the road to discipleship times, you've had the two minute noodle end. It's not a good time, is it? But then there's the other end. 
oh, that's a good end. One time, just one time, I was living in a share house and my housemate Anna turned 30 and her family and us as her housemates, we went out for dinner. Oh, this was a dinner. This might be the most fancy dinner I've ever been to. I will never be at a dinner this fancy ever again. I'm going to try and describe it to you as quick as I can, but gosh, it was amazing. It was somewhere in the city, and I can't remember where it was. Uh, and we went to this place that you might have been to one of these places, but you had to have had your name written down on a list before they would before you arrived, before they would let you in the door. It was that sort of fancy. And then we had a private dining room that only we were in. And it was many, many courses. But it was, you know when dinner is so fancy that the courses are really small so you can eat many, many courses? And I can't tell you what we ate because I didn't understand the words on the menu because it was too fancy for me to know what the things were. But what I can tell you is that they were all delicious. But I still don't know to this day, 10 years later, what they were. But it was amazing. And this was the bit that is the most surprising to me, is that we were in the middle of the city, and this place had a private courtyard out the back with a big, impressive-looking tree, smaller than our oak tree, but similarly grand. And it was quiet. There was no tram ding-ding sound. There was no people hubbubbing around, which is the sound you get when you're in the city. There was no traffic sound. How did they do that? Like, I'm genuinely bewildered still. How? How was it just calmly quiet? This is how I know that it was a fancy dinner in the middle of the city because it was quiet in the courtyard in the middle of the city. Like, have you ever had one of those fancy dinners? Because that is the only time that that will happen in my life. And in my analogy here, that was when the angel showed up. That was the fancy end of the dinner spectrum compared to my two-minute noodles and baked beans end. Now, I remember that one, and I remember that one, but all the spaghetti and curry... That's the standard, isn't it? You know, that's the one that actually keeps me going. Well, needless to say, my very fancy, my, my housemate turned 30 uh, dinner is a once in a lifetime event and I won't forget it. Zechariah and Elizabeth being visited by an angel, that's a once in a lifetime event and they will never forget that. And they will be amazed at the glory of God and his work in their life forever. That amazing answer to prayer, they will go back to that their entire lives and go look at God's faithfulness. We have those moments in our life, don't we? Where we go look at God's faithfulness. Those times when we're eating two minute noodles, we go, yep, that, that's a rubbish time. But that doesn't last forever, does it? Because we look back and we go, God has done amazing things in our lives. The times when the angel shows up and we remember God is faithful. God sent his son to the earth to save us. God is faithful. Most of the time we're eating spaghetti and it's great. It's nutritious. And in those moments, 
we bring people along with us, just like John did, to help turn the people's hearts back to God. When we're down here, gosh, we need people walking alongside to help us, don't we? When we're eating the two-minute noodles, that's when you ask people to help you out. Well, let me encourage you today to turn to Jesus in prayer. Maybe you are in a two-minute noodle season of life. It's hard, isn't it? It's not a nice season to be in. Turn to God in prayer. He is faithful. No prayer goes unheard. It might be a long season of prayer. Just like Zechariah and Elizabeth. It was a long season of waiting, a long season of prayer for them, and yet God answered their prayer. The road of discipleship can be full of potholes that are challenging, and we walk it together. Maybe you're in a spaghetti and curry season. Life feels fairly unremarkable, but the good, the great news of the gospel is that Jesus walks alongside us every day. Every day is a good day to follow Jesus. Well, let me encourage you to keep walking that road, to bring others alongside you. Who do you know who's down in the two-minute noodle season who needs encouragement today? Who do you know that you can share that good news with? In this season of Advent, what can you do to get to know Christ better? Who can you share Jesus with this Advent season? Discipleship is, is a community sport. We don't do it alone. Well, maybe you've had a fancy dinner moment recently. Maybe the angel showed up. Praise God. Share it with others. Be the encouragement that others need to hear. Because these are glorious moments and our God is an amazing God. How good is that? You know, Christ came to live amongst us, to save us. How good is that? We want to hear these moments because they are moments of encouragement for our community. Well, let's share these moments. And as we journey this Advent season together, how will you spend time getting ready to celebrate Jesus this year? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just give you tremendous praise that you sent Jesus to journey amongst us. And we pray that you will continue to do your work amongst us. We pray that you will bless us this Advent season. Help us as we walk the road of discipleship today, this week, this season, and this year. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen.